welcome back to the Dairy Block Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, The Milkman, and today we're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. How am I feeling on their fantasy outlook? What's going on? And we'll talk just a little smidge about the big Julio Jones trade that just happened. I'm excited to talk about today. Let's dive on into it. I am incredibly excited about talking about the Seahawks today. Uh, first up, let's talk about the, the the first Seahawk going off in most of these mock drafts, DK Metcalf. Now, this is a loaded wide receiver room, and it all depends on Russell Wilson's play. But the first half, if we see first half of the season Russell Wilson this next year, expect huge numbers from these receivers. Uh, this this offense could be a a booming offense, and I'm incredibly excited to see it. DK Metcalf in a 12-team league is going about midway through the second round. Um, He is one of the first wide receivers to be going off the board. Uh, Most drafts are very, very running back heavy. So going wide receiver in the second round is kind of, it's a big bite to chew. I'm not going to lie. But DK Metcalf, if you get him, just know you're getting a dog. He is coming off a offseason where he was running with Olympic athletes. I mean, how can you not be excited for this man who trained to get faster to run against some of the world's best? Oh, man. He was already a big-time deep threat. Now Russell Wilson is going to get a faster and stronger DK Metcalf this next year. And I also hope that he cleans up some of those drop passes from last year. And he still posted up crazy stats, even with those drops. Um, Next on the list, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is going towards the end of the fifth round, early sixth round. So you can look to see Tyler Lockett a little bit lower. Um, I I love Tyler Lockett. He is just so incredibly untrustworthy. You can plug him in, hope that he has a great game, and he will just dog it. But then there's times where all of a sudden he's fantastic. Most of his games that he did really well on... Um, are just when DK isn't producing quite like they want to. I mean, you'll have two games a year where Tyler Lockett is guaranteed to get the ball a lot because DK is going to be going straight up against Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey has shut down DK so far this year, which makes it very concerning to start DK against Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey only allowed four catches and 40 yards with DK Metcalf, and one of those was just from a big play. One of those catches was just from a big play in which – it was just a blown coverage by the safety. It was just a, a quick cover two where Jalen Ramsey was just kind of bumping DK and letting him behind him. But they said it was all Jalen Ramsey's fault. That's where it gets kind of foggy. Anyway, Tyler Lockett, great player, can have incredible games. With his ADP, it fits him a little bit more uh, early sixth round, uh, late fifth round. I'd be willing to pay that for Tyler Lockett. Uh, I still think he's a great wide receiver. And, uh, but my, my biggest problem is, is there's a point in games where you see Russell Wilson preferring DK. And this is very obvious. There was a point last year, I believe, the, the Seahawks came back and won a game. It was a really, really, really awesome game where it was a come-from-behind wind. But Russell Wilson got down into the red zone, and there were four plays in a row. Four plays in a row within the 10 where he threw the ball to DK Metcalf. And if you aren't concerned by that, I don't know what you're doing. 
and DK is the obvious target, but he didn't even look Tyler Lockett's way. So I cannot be expecting a lot of touchdowns from Tyler Lockett. If you're in a big play league, obviously be hyped about Tyler Lockett. I think he's going to get a lot of deep balls. But I think the bulk, the wide receiver one, the alpha of this room is DK Metcalf. Now, the third wide receiver on this team, I am incredibly excited to see Dwayne Eskridge. And if you don't know about Dwayne Eskridge, please look him up. He's coming out of Western Michigan. He only got two offers from two schools. And this guy, he is a football player. He is an athlete. He's not a wide receiver. He's not a running back. He's not a cornerback. He's not a linebacker. He is an athlete. Coming out of high school, he was a starting running back in which he had incredible games. I think he amassed over 1,000 yards in his uh, senior season. Obviously, not a big guy. He's not Derrick Henry. He's five foot nine, about 190 pounds. He's not a huge guy. But to go over 1,000 yards rushing as an average-sized man, that's pretty damn good. This guy went to Western Michigan where he was a wide receiver. He was a fantastic wide receiver. He amassed over like 2,000 yards, I believe. But here's the kicker. In two of those years, he actually ended up playing some defensive back. So now if you look at the table, this guy started as a running back, became a wide receiver, and now all of a sudden he's playing defense too. And apparently in talks with Pete Carroll on his pro day, in which he ran a 4-3-5-40. So this man's fast too. 4-3-5-40. He's coming in and... Pete Carroll's talking to him about possibly playing cornerback too. You might see this man coming out playing both ways in the NFL, which is phenomenal. How can You can't say that about a lot of athletes. You really can't. Not a lot of these guys can play both ways. So that kind of makes up the, the receiver room. Uh, I'm really high on Dwayne Eskridge. Obviously, rookie. Picked him in the second round. It was the first pick by the Seattle Seahawks. They were obviously incredibly excited to get him. Um, the, the, the part that makes it really interesting is they don't want him as a slot man and only playing the slot. They want him as a deep threat, and obviously he's fast. But now you have three deep threats on this team. This team looks great. When you're covering DK and you think you finally have Tyler Lockett kind of bottled down, all of a sudden there's Dwayne Eskridge. And last year, look, injuries happen. If Dwayne Eskridge is vaulted into those top two spots, expect him to get the ball. Just expect him to get the ball. I'm excited about him. He's going about midway through the 13th round. Dude, if you see Dwayne Eskridge there, he's popping up in your draft, go ahead. Take a little take a little nibble on him. Take a little bite. Especially in a 12 team, you could see somebody become a high wide receiver two, uh, wide receiver three flex option. He could be phenomenal. I think he's an athlete, he's fast, and he runs really great routes, honestly. So be high on Eskridge, watch out for him. He could be someone that could be definitely a sleeper this next year while everybody's caught up on Jamar Chase and overpaying in the fourth, the third, fourth round. All right, let's talk running backs. So obviously, the alpha dog in this running back room is Chris Carson. Pete Carroll said in a couple interviews uh, this offseason that he wants he wants to turn the tide and become that running offense that they were with Marshawn Lynch. He wants to run the ball up the middle, control the clock. He wants to be a power offense and uh, just kind of take a new route on it. Last year, so much garbage time, so much garbage time. Uh, the defense could not pick up slack. 
Uh, they're always behind. The, the the Seahawks were throwing so much that they couldn't focus on the run. And I know what you're thinking. Chris Carson is injury prone. Don't 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 say that. <laughs> don't say that. Injury prone doesn't mean anything. There are people, obviously, medical conditions and such. But look, Chris Carson, you gotta believe he's going at the end of the third, early fourth. Think about that. Think about it. He, he's going he's going roughly around fiftieth uh, overall. When you're in a league where running backs are almost filling up the entire first round, you're going running backs in a redraft league all first round. Because it's hard to get a running back number one. Chris Carson, like everybody else in the fantasy world, everybody's saying he's undervalued, and he is. No one's looking at the upside of being an RB1 in a running offense. Chris Carson plays well. He plays really well. And you know what? I, I think I honestly think you're getting a guy where snaps aren't going to be taken from him. He is he he is a, a a plowing running back, if you will. Um let's see here. He's he he's 26, he's young, and he yeah, he, he got hurt. He got hurt. He got hurt last year, he had some issues. But this year, I think he's going to uh, be great. Uh, his backup, Rashad Penny, who's going in the early 11th round, um, isn't really going to take snaps from him. They picked him in the first round, and he's been an absolute dud uh, since then. Uh, he had moments when Chris Carson was out of the game, and Penny didn't really do much. And I believe they they still have DJ Dallas and, I forget his first name, but Homer, other running back. They're not taking snaps from Chris Carson. And Rashad Penny barely has that hold in that room. They just lost Carlos Hyde this past year. Carlos Hyde was a great running back. And Rashad Penny is going to have to fill in. But I think Chris Carson is going to be in every down back. You're going to see him on the field quite a bit. Be high on Chris Carson. He is currently going a lot lower than he should. Rashad Penny, eh. If Chris Carson goes down, who knows? This could be a very good handcuff to grab. Uh, he's going, yeah, early 11th. I don't know if I'd go that high. Especially not when Dwayne Eskridge is there on the board. Next up, I would like to talk about tight end. They just picked up Gerald Everett, and I believe they still have Will Disley. Uh, I, tight ends are not the forte on this offense. Uh, their tight ends they typically get are more blocking tight ends. Uh, this last year they had... Greg Olson, but he's just now retired. He didn't really have a great fantasy output this past year. Jimmy Graham played for him, but Jimmy Graham's just a big wide receiver who honestly hasn't been good since he played for the Saints. Um, tight end is not where you want the fantasy people you want on this team, for sure. So you can look the other way. Gerald Everett's going early 14th or late 13th. So you get these guys way late, but they're not going to put out anything close to the top 10 tight ends. Um, and then obviously we have the crown jewel of this team, the leader, the guy that can win you games and lose you games and made people really excited last year. I'm, I'm certain the Russell Wilson owner uh, 
that guy was talking nonstop at the beginning of last year. I'm sure he talked so much trash because he was so excited about how Russell Wilson was playing MVP campaign when it imploded on itself going into the second half of the season. Uh, Russell Wilson is a great football player. His uh, public disdain for how the offensive line was being controlled. I mean, they only had three picks in this past draft. You can't, you can't fix much on that O-line with only three picks. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm scared for Russell Wilson. If he can't be uh, blocked for, if he's not protected, he's not getting the ball to DK, he's not getting the ball to Tyler Lockett. This whole fantasy offense relies on the play of Russell Wilson. I'm looking for Russell Wilson to have a good year. He's going early sixth. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm crazy excited uh, about him going early sixth. That's kind of, at least this year, pretty early for a, uh, a quarterback. I mean, quarterbacks are going later and later. I don't know if you guys have been following my favorite website, Fantasy Football Calculator. Not a sponsor. Uh, but they kind of show progressions in how these uh, players are moving around. Um, and I, I think that's awesome. Uh, it's really fun to, to see, uh, especially now, um, how players are going up and down and whatnot. Um, let's see. He is going fairly late. He's going behind Aaron Rodgers. Uh, behind Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. But you can still get guys later in this draft, like Tom Brady, Joe Burrow. Deshaun Watson is floating down and down. Matthew Stafford, which I'm really high on. Don't overpay for Russell Wilson. His ceiling is great, but his floor is low. And there's two games a season where he doesn't have DK, and he's getting locked down by Jalen Ramsey. Be wary. Be wary about Russell Wilson because you could get you could get your mashed potatoes, but you could also get Brussels sprouts too. You don't know. But yeah, man, the Seahawks offense is going to be awesome. I'm excited about them. Moving forward, let's talk a little bit about Julio Jones. Obviously, this trade hasn't gone through yet, but it's pretty safe to say Julio Jones is now a Tennessee Titan. A.J. Brown is pumping his fist right now. He's having the day of his life. He started drinking at 8 a.m. this morning, just getting pumped about the prospect of playing with his role model, the guy he modeled his game after, Julio Jones. Now, Julio Jones' stock, the fallout of this trade, look, man, he's not going to get the ball as much as he was with the Falcons. The Tennessee Titans are not... Uh, a a uh, passing team. They're a run team first, and then they pass Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, this is fantastic. When he needs to pass the ball 15 to 20 times a game, which is very, very low in the NFL, at least he's thrown to Julio and A.J. Brown. So that's exciting. Ryan Tannehill stock, definitely going up. A.J. Brown stock, it's staying the same. You can argue both sides. Look, all those targets that we're going to go to him next year, now he's splitting them with Julio Jones, uh, another alpha wide receiver one. But at the same time, now, now if you're playing Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey shadows the number one receiver. 
you have Jalen Ramsey on Julio or you have uh, Jalen Ramsey on AJ Brown? How do you play that? I'm assuming that he's going to be playing with someone like Julio because Julio is obviously the threat, but AJ Brown's the up and coming guy. You see, this creates the problem for a defense that likes to shadow the number one receiver because you got two. <laughs> you got two number ones. It used to be easier back in the early 2000s when you had someone like just Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco. You just you just double up Ochocinco and you forget about it. <laughs> You take him out of the game, and it's fantastic. So now Julio stock is lowering. A.J. Brown stock is staying the same. Uh, I think people were talking about this being a Ferkser year. The tight end for the for the Titans, they think that he's going to bump up into the John o. Smith role and have another awesome year like John o. Smith did. I'm not buying it. I'm really not. Uh, now that you got Julio, the deep, the big guy, and then you got A.J. Brown, the fat, not, not, not super fast, but a great wide receiver that can just barrel through people, a physical receiver. It's hard to buy in on the tight ends of this group. And I don't know if this really changes uh, Derrick Henry uh, at all. I mean, they're still going to run the ball, and they're still going to give Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's going to get fed. He's still going to rush 25 to 30 times a game. This is just how... They like to run it there. Um, now let's focus on the Falcons a little bit. Ridley obviously just bumps up a little bit more. Um, now he's going to have great opportunity to get all the balls thrown his way. I'm excited for Calvin Ridley. Um, Kyle Pitts, obviously generational talent, tight end. I'm hoping he has the best rookie tight end season. I mean, we're just talking Tony Gonzalez was the only one to actually have a truly great season. The only the closest one would be Evan Ingram, and Evan Ingram just had a garbage time for most of the games that he was a rookie. I'm incredibly excited to see what Kyle Pitts does. I think he's going to get the ball often. Uh, he is now probably the best red zone threat that they have for passing downs. So Kyle Pitts I'm up on. Calvin Ridley I'm up on. Matt Ryan. I'm still not buying Matt Ryan. He's getting to the point in his career where you might see a little bit of noodle arm that you saw with Peyton Manning, Andrew Brees in recent years. Well, guys, I really appreciate you guys listening to my podcast. Um, I hope you guys have a great week. I'll reach you guys next next Sunday as we'll talk about the Los Angeles Rams, who I am crazy excited about. Thank you guys for tuning in to such a small podcast. I appreciate you guys listening and look, man, uh, get five star, leave a review, some, whatever, just any feedback is great because I'm just trying to see where this takes me. Honestly, follow me on Twitter at milkman FF. Um, yeah, have a great day guys. Thanks. Bye.